and on today's wrestling takeover podcast i'm going to be giving you guys all the topics in and around the world of pro wrestling mainly in wwe i have three topics that i'm going to be bringing to you guys today and that has to do with number one tlc predictions i'm going to give you guys everything that you need to know about all these matches while also giving you guys my predictions on what's going to happen on that show also i'm going to be pitching an idea that has to do with big e in 2021 and the last topic i'm going to be talking about this wwe awards who was the nominations and who do i have winning these wwe quote-unquote awards all that coming up next on the wrestling takeover podcast I appreciate that. What's good, everybody? And welcome back to the Wrestling Takeover Podcast. And on today's episode, I got some topics that I want to talk about, man. We're going to run right into it, bro. We're going to run right into that fucking wall, man. Three good topics. I always try to keep it around three topics, maybe four, depending on, you know what I mean, what's happening on Raw, what's happening on SmackDown. Got some NXT topics as well that I put in there. Like I said, majority of the topics that I talk about are all based in my mind now depending on what type of news you know what i mean what's going on in the community on social media i might talk about uh an idea here and there or news that is in the newsletters the dave Meltzer's, the brian alvarez the wrestling observer newsletter so on and so forth but today all three topics that i'm going to be talking about today are all in the mind um, we got tlc this sunday and so I'm going to kick it off, man, with topic number one, having to do with talking about tables, ladders, and chairs, and the buildup to these matches, and what we've been seeing on both Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. I'm going to start with Monday Night Raw and the build that we've seen on that show in terms of all these matches before I kick off um, the predictions. Now, in terms of Monday Night Raw, they're going to get a down from me in terms of the build and what we've seen. I'm sorry. Outside of Randy Orton and The Fiend, I feel like Monday Night Raw has done an absolute poor job in building towards their portion at TLC. Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles, The Feud, I'm just not with it. I don't believe AJ Styles is going to beat Drew McIntyre. I believe Drew McIntyre is going to handily beat AJ Styles. But my problem is, why are you going to put AJ Styles in this uncomfortable position if he's just going to lose? Now, I'm hearing people in the community say that AJ Styles might actually beat Drew McIntyre. And I'm going to be honest, if he does beat Drew McIntyre, does AJ Styles, I'm not going to be upset. Because I'm going to be honest as I possibly can. I think Drew McIntyre's run as... WWE champion has been a dud. It's been a dud since beating Brock Lesnar. They did that feud with Randy Orton that happened for a couple of months. You know how WWE does this shit. They have one person challenge that champion for like three or four months into the summer. And it's annoying. It's nauseating. It's repeat after repeat after fucking repeat. 
And we've seen that with Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. And to me, that feud definitely took a negative for Drew McIntyre and his championship run so far. Now, I think AJ Styles, on the other hand, just he needs to go back in the main event scene. I'm tired of seeing AJ Styles in this mid-card purgatory. This is AJ Styles, one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. He is the modern-day Shawn Michaels. How can you put a guy of that caliber in the mid-card? I don't understand it. Maybe he wants to be in the mid-card. Maybe he wants to elevate young talent, and that might be the case. And if that is, God bless AJ Styles. But to me, AJ, you are a main eventer. I want you to be in the main event scene. Now, the Raw Tag Team Championships. You guys know how I feel with those championships. You need to see the SmackDown Tag Team Championship and the Raw Tag Team Championship unify. Please, they got to unify those belts. You do not have enough tag teams to implement a tag team division. And then, it's funny, speaking of tag teams, man, you had Bret Hart that has been coming out and saying stuff repeatedly after repeat after repeat about tag team wrestling and how tag team wrestling has definitely taken a hit in WWE. And we all know that's fact. Vince McMahon just does not care about tag team wrestling. And that is fucking sad. That is so sad. Vince McMahon, bro... How do you not like tag team wrestling? Bro, he's bored of tag team wrestling. And I honestly feel like Vince McMahon is going to get to a point where he's going to abolish tag team wrestling. I swear to God. I feel like he's going to come out and say, you know what? I had enough of tag team wrestling. Fuck tag team wrestling. It's at a point where now we're seeing single stars come up and become a tag team like Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy. Like, bro, really? No pun intended, but seriously, Matt Riddle, he's a single star. Jeff Hardy is a single star. Those two guys should be challenging for the United States Championship. Jeff Hardy should be challenging for the WWE Championship, but they're in a tag team. I don't understand it. Hardy bros, come on, man, that's lame. They need to get tag teams, you know what I mean, in effect, ASAP, because if not, just like the dinosaurs, bro, how they went extinct. Tag team wrestling in WWE is going to be extinct. They need to do something, and they need to do something very quickly because this shit is getting old. I'm tired of coming up here on the podcast and saying, oh, the tag team wrestling sucks. The tag team wrestling sucks. We all know the tag team wrestling sucks in WWE. Vince McMahon knows tag team wrestling sucks in WWE. I bet you those wrestlers in the back know that tag team wrestling sucks. In 2020, okay, I'm thinking about doing a, what would I do in 2020, you know what I mean, uh, type of podcast, maybe coming up at the end of the year. I'm going to be talking about tag team wrestling, okay, that's going to be on the list for sure. They got to rebirth the tag team division in 2021. That needs to be one of the main focuses for WWE. I'm not saying it needs to be the main focus, but it definitely needs to be one of the main focuses on both Raw and SmackDown. Unify those titles. Have one set of tag team championships. Floating between both Raw and SmackDown. 
I'm telling you, it's going to work. Trust me. You got to have great quality tag teams, first of all. You have one set of tag team championships, and it floats between Raw and SmackDown. It's simple. It's not that difficult. It's really not. Now, the other matches on the show, we got, you know what I mean, The Fiend and Randy Orton. We got the tag team championships that are possibly going to be defended, depending on the card. I'm not sure what's going on with Yes, we do. We actually do have the Raw Tag Team Championships that are going to be defended. The New Day versus the Hurt Business. Oh, God, we've seen that multiple times. A variation of it. Shelton Benjamin versus Kofi. Xavier Woods versus Cedric Alexander. Like, come on, dude. This is why I'm saying you need to unify those fucking championships. Because if you don't, we're going to be seeing this type of shit on both Raw and SmackDown. The only thing on that roster, man, that has been doing good heading into TLC is The Fiend and Randy Orton. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. That's my opinion. I've been enjoying The Fiend and Randy Orton. And I'm going to be talking about what the breaking news in terms of that match having a, not a TLC stipulation, not a chair stipulation, not a ladder stipulation, not a tables Stipulation, but a new stipulation has been officially added to that match, which I will be talking about as I get on with my predictions. SmackDown Live. (laughs) SmackDown Live is crazy. SmackDown Live feels like they have a formula. Raw feels influxed heading into TLC. We got the Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens situation. Carmella and Sasha Banks has been very good. The Intercontinental Championship pitcher has been must-see with Big E. And Sami Zayn. But one negative is obviously the tag team division. You know what I mean? It is what it is. You know what I mean? So, and then we got, we also have Asuka and Lana. But Lana isn't going to compete. Lana is supposedly injured. I think that's a part of a storyline. To have her be replaced by somebody. Who is she going to be replaced by? I don't know. And quite frankly, I don't give a shit. You need to get, speaking of tag team championships, bro, you got to get rid of those fucking women's championships. You need to get rid of those. Go fucking burn them. You have no fucking tag teams. You have zero. Why are you keep pushing these championships? I don't understand it. I really don't. Okay. Nia Jax, a single star. Shayna Baszler, a single star. Lana, give me a break. Asuka, she's the Raw Women's fucking champion. And she's challenging for a tag team championship. Ladies and gentlemen, Asuka is going to be the new women's tag team champion. And then immediately lose the Raw Women's Championship. I'm telling you that right now. Okay? They need to get rid of those championships as well. Now, I like how WWE doesn't have a lot of matches on this card. I'll give them that. I like that. And uh, we're going to get right into it. We're going to be talking about one of the best feuds going into TLC. And it's on the SmackDown brand. And that has to do with the Tribal Chief, the reigning, defending, undisputed Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, when he goes one-on-one with Kevin Owens in a TLC match. My prediction is Roman Reigns. I said it on Twitter. I'm going to say it on the podcast. I'm going to continue to say it on 
the podcast. Roman Reigns should not lose the championship anytime soon. And when I mean by anytime soon, I mean he shouldn't lose it at WrestleMania 37. He shouldn't lose it at SummerSlam. He shouldn't lose it at one of the pay-per-views in 2021. He shouldn't lose it at Royal Rumble 2022. He needs to drop that championship at WrestleMania 38. Yes, you heard it here. Jordan Turner says Roman Reigns should drop that championship at WrestleMania 38, two WrestleManias from now. And he needs to drop it to Adam Cole. You've seen my idea. They need to roll with it. Even if it's not Adam Cole, it needs to be somebody else. I don't give a damn who it is. You need to have that right baby face at the right time to beat Roman Reigns. That's my prefer idea for Roman Reigns. I'm going to I'm going to talk about that more when I get about Biggie. Okay, I'm going to bring up Roman Reigns and what they got to do and it's going to have to do with Biggie. Now, in my prediction for the Universal Championship in this TLC match, Roman Reigns is going to beat Kevin Owens. And after this, I definitely see Jimmy Uso coming back and they're going to form they're going to form that stable. The Samoan Dynasty Samoan stable, Roman Reigns, Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, and maybe one more person, maybe a female, maybe Tamina. I pitched a Naomi. That's just me. I know Naomi's on Monday Night Raw, but she hasn't been seen. So if she appears on SmackDown, no one's going to give a shit. They're going to probably say, wasn't she on Raw? Yeah, and that's true. You know what I mean? But at the same time, she's been gone for so long. I don't think anybody's going to really care. So I got Roman Reigns retaining his Universal Championship. Up next, we have the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles in a TLC match. I will not be surprised if Drew McIntyre loses, but if he does lose, people are going to bring up, why did you have him win the championship from Randy Orton if he was ultimately going to lose to AJ Styles? And I agree with those people that say that. I really do. If he loses... So you had him beat Randy Orton for no reason. You had him get his championship back for no reason. If that was the case, then Randy Orton should have been holding the championship this entire time and maybe have The Fiend beat Randy Orton for the title at TLC. I got Drew McIntyre retaining the WWE Championship against AJ Styles. Up next, we got the SmackDown Women's Championship. Sasha Banks, the champion, versus Carmella. I'm going to go on a rant real quick before I move on. So, WWE teased that Sasha Banks could potentially lose the SmackDown Women's Championship this past week on Friday Night SmackDown. Snoop Dogg, her cousin, is going to be appearing on AEW Dynamite in the first month of January. Ladies and gentlemen, WWE is pissed off. They're mad. They feel blindsided. They feel disrespected by Snoop Dogg. But guess what, WWE? Snoop Dogg's with Time Warner. He's with Turner Network. Okay? So, you cannot get mad at... Listen, bro. Listen. WWE, I don't blame you for getting upset at Snoop Dogg. Number one, Snoop Dogg doesn't give a fuck about what WWE thinks. So WWE being mad isn't going to really change anything, okay? Number two, this scared 
the shit. Uh, this still scares the shit out of me. After that news of Snoop Dogg appearing on AEW Dynamite, WWE announced that Sasha Banks would be defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Carmella on that show in the main event. And as soon as that announcement was made, I said Sasha Banks is losing this championship because WWE's petty bitches, they are petty and they're crybabies. They're mad because Snoop Dogg is with AEW. So now they're going to take their anger out on poor Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks didn't do nothing to you. You're going to take your anger out on her and have Carmella win. I know Vince McMahon's a fan of Carmella. I mean, look at the depth of her fucking character. You know what I mean? I definitely see her beating Sasha Banks soon. Is that going to be at TLC? I fucking hope not. Knowing WWE, I see that happening. I'm going to go for a crazy prediction. I got Carmella beating Sasha Banks because of WWE's pettiness. They're mad because Snoop Dogg is in AEW. They feel blindsided. They feel disrespected. And like I said, they're going to take their anger out on Sasha Banks. That's a damn shame. Sasha Banks does not deserve that. Sasha Banks deserves a long reign with the fucking championship. Now, people might say, okay, from October to April is not that long. I mean, it's it's somewhat long. Me personally, I would have her hold that title until SummerSlam and then face a Bianca Belair at SummerSlam. But WrestleMania wouldn't be a good deal. You know what I mean? And I just hope and pray that the WWE does not have Sasha Banks lose that championship. But I'm actually going to go against my girl, Sasha, and I'm going to have Carmella beat Sasha Banks. Do I want that? Fuck no. But with WWE's pettiness, WWE being mad, that Snoop Dogg is in quote-unquote AEW now. He quote-unquote turned his back on the WWE family. They're going to take their anger out on Sasha Banks. I'm telling you that right now. If not, listen, if Sasha Banks wins, fuck yes, bro. You know what I mean? I'm going to be happy. I just don't see that happening. So that's my prediction. It should be a good match. It should be a good match. I felt like they did have a good match on SmackDown with Sasha Banks retaining. So they do have good chemistry. So we'll see what they do heading into TLC on Sunday night. Now, we have The Fiend versus Randy Orton. This was originally a singles match. I was at work this morning. I come to find out when I get home, I seen on social media, WWE officially announced that Randy Orton will take on The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, in an inferno Firefly Funhouse match. I don't know what the fuck an Inferno Firefly Funhouse match is. I don't know. You don't know. Okay? It's all pure speculation. All I will say is we're going to see fire. So maybe the Firefly Funhouse is going to be set on fire. And then we're going to see Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt in it. Wrestling? I don't know. Is this going to even be a singles match? Like, is it going to be... A match, or is it going to be an unsanctioned type of match like Kenny Omega and John Moxley did at AEW Full Gear? I don't know. I could definitely see that happening. All I know is this Randy Orton better not fucking beat The Fiend. The anger that you've seen with me, with Bill Goldberg, and Seth Rollins will be shown with Randy Orton. I don't give a damn if Randy Orton has had a great. 2020, which he has. 
I don't give a damn. The Fiend needs to not lose. He cannot lose. Period. Okay? You have to go look like a fucking monster. Okay? Appearing, escaping the uh, casket and popping up. You have to go look like a devil. Okay? Randy Orton's reaction told the entire story. You can't have Bray Wyatt lose, man. This needs to be one of your greatest creations. Well, you didn't create it, Vince, but it needs to be on an Undertaker level. I've said that, and I will continue to say it until I'm blue in the face. It needs to be an Undertaker-type character protection. Just like you protected the Undertaker, you got to protect the Fiend. You haven't, and fuck you for it, but it is what it is. But at the end of the day, no matter if this is a match or it's an unsanctioned, which means it's not really scheduled, I got the Fiend winning regardless. He needs to win, and I do see this feud continuing. They have a lot of story to tell, so I wouldn't be upset if the feud continues heading into the 2021 Royal Rumble. Uh, okay, now let's talk about the Women's Tag Team Championships. The champions Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Asuka and an opponent to be determined. Who's Asuka opponent? I don't know. I don't care. I don't see Asuka winning, or do I? I'm going to go with another shocker. I'm going to go with Asuka and her opponent, or her partner, I'm sorry, her partner and Asuka are going to beat Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax have done nothing with those championships. Asuka needs to get those championships and go backstage live with the cameraman, and they need to go burn those fucking championships. That won't happen. I'd personally do that. I think that would be very, very fun. But that's not going to happen. But I do see Asuka and her partner winning the uh, women's tag team stupid-ass championships. They got to go. They got to get rid of those titles. They got to get rid of those titles. Those titles have not done anybody any justice. Nothing. Bring in a mid-card championship. Have that float between both Raw and SmackDown. Have many feuds outside of that championship. Have the women's championships. You got the mid-card championship floating between Raw and SmackDown. And then you got many feuds outside of that. It's not that fucking difficult. Okay? It's really not. If you're not going to get rid of both of those championships for the women, for the world championships, get rid of the tag team one and bring in a mid-card. Those tag teams are useless. There's no tag teams. Zero. So why do you still have championships? You're just making up fucking tag teams like you do, like you're doing for the men. Come on, bro. No one wants to see that shit. Those titles are useless. But like I said, I got Asuka and her partner beating Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Speaking of Asuka, she's going to win those tag team championships. And then she's going to immediately drop the Raw Women's Championship. That's my prediction. Asuka's going to immediately drop the Raw Women's Championship to somebody. All I'm going to say is, woo! That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Now, we have the Raw Tag Team Championships. Same old teams going at it. The New Day, the champions, as they take on the Hurt Business. I remember the Hurt Business used to be one of the best things on television on Monday Night Raw. Along with The Fiend, obviously, and Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton. That's it. Now, The Hurt Business, I feel like, is still cool. You know what I mean? They're like that thug, kind of mafia-type group. Um, 
I remember I pitched something like that with La Familia, okay? With what's the group? What's the group's name, man? Fantasma, El Fantasma, right? I remember I pitched those with those guys, and we were supposed to see something with them, but they gave it to the New Day. You know what I mean? With Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, Bobby Lashley, and MVP. Or did I say New Day? I don't know. Okay. The New Day is their own separate entity. Shelton Benjamin, Bobby Lashley, MVP, and Shelton Benjamin. That just shows that I really don't care. I have not really been watching Raw. I've been watching Raw via video clips on YouTube and on social media. That's it. But I have been seeing what the Hurt Business has been doing. And I think the Hurt Business has been one of the best things on WWE TV in the past couple weeks. Heading into TLC as they will take on the New Day. This is the same match again. Um, the Hurt Business needs to win and beat the New Day. Because if not, then they need to be absolutely abolished as the Hurt Business. They will have no business ever challenging for those tag team championships ever again. So my prediction is the Hurt Business. They will be crowned the new Raw Tag Team Champions. The New Day does not need those championships. You know what they need to do? They need to put other tag teams over. They are going to be one of the most decorated tag teams in WWE history. That's in WWE's words, not me. New Day is great, but they're not all that. They're not. Now, I'm going to move on. They ain't all that. Speaking of tag teams. Another same old shit. Another same old shit, okay? We have the Street Profits versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, a.k.a. Bobby Roode, a.k.a. I miss Bobby Roode from NXT. Oh, my God. This same old shit, guys. Same old shit. The Street Profits are going to win. They have no business losing those titles. And if they do lose those titles, they're just going to have another rematch at the Royal Rumble. So why have them lose? Why not bring in a tag team from NXT and have those guys challenge the Street Profits at the Royal Rumble and have that team win the tag team titles? What happened to Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro? What happened to those guys? I remember they were a good tag team. Now, like I said, like I brought up with Jeff Hardy and Matt Riddle, those are two singles, excuse me, single stars going after the tag team titles. Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, two single stars, thrown in together as a tag team, going after the tag team titles. WWE, you're fucking retarded. I shouldn't really say that, but you are. I'm sorry, but you are. Okay? Otis should not have been split up with Tucker. Where the fuck is Tucker Knight? Exactly. Okay? That was stupid. That was real stupid. Maybe bring back Enzo and Cass. How about that? Bring back the Vaughn villains. Bring back Enzo and Cass. Bring back some of these tag teams. Unify the tag team titles. Have one championship floating between both Raw and SmackDown. And there you go. You're done. It's not that difficult. It's really not. Street Profits going to win. They're going to retain. And I don't give a fuck. Because I sadly don't give a fuck about tag team wrestling in WWE. Not even in NXT. Can't believe I just said that. But tag team wrestling in WWE right now. 
is dead. Don't question me because it's fact. There's no tag teams. None at all. Now, we have a match that was announced on Monday Night Raw this past week with the United States champion Bobby Lashley going one-on-one with Matt Riddle. What has Bobby Lashley done with the U.S. title? Nothing. If Matt, if, uh, Matt Riddle wins, what is he going to do with the United States championship? Nothing. Nothing at all. Now, what you can do is you can have a Jeff Hardy versus Matt Riddle. Jeff Hardy wants to go after the United States championship. You could do that heading into 2021 for the U.S. title. Bobby Lashley can now turn his attention to Brock Lesnar. How about that? Have Bobby Lashley lose against Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy feud over the United States Championship. And Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar start their WrestleMania build at the Royal Rumble. You can do a Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle kind of replay, but with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. Bobby Lashley eliminates Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar comes back into the match in the Royal Rumble, eliminates Bobby Lashley. They brawl, and there's your fucking match. They can cut promos on each other. Bobby Lashley can say something like, well, I've been wanting to face you for many years, but the corporate machine has stopped me from doing so. You're the only reason why I came back to WWE. Come on, dog. Something simple. It will get the fans invested. I've been wanting to see this match for years, and I'm not the only one. So make it happen. It's not that difficult. Okay? Now, I don't know if this match was official on SmackDown, but I'm going to guess it was. I'm talking about Daniel Bryan versus Jey Uso. We all know why this is happening. Jey Uso, quote-unquote, took out Daniel Bryan because of the tribal chief. He told Jey Uso to take out Daniel Bryan. Jey Uso took out Daniel Bryan. Now, these are two good wrestlers. I'm going to be invested in it. I've been enjoying what these two guys have been doing. They had like two other matches on SmackDown, which I was very interested in. Two good matches. Jey Uso, I don't see winning. I see him losing, and I can see him, quote-unquote, getting punished by Roman Reigns. I'm not sure what that punishment would be. Maybe he gets kicked out of the family, which would be stupid. I hope they don't do that. I don't want to see Jey Uso in a singles run. I need Jimmy Uso to come back. They need to be the fucking Usos, the Uso Penitentiary. Jey Uso, Jimmy Uso, one day-ish. Come on, bro. I need to see that come back in the tag team division going after the SmackDown tag team titles going after the Street Profits. That's something I definitely want to see. Now, those are the predictions for TLC. Like I said, TLC, I don't really care for. Um, There's some matches on this card that I'm interested in, but ultimately, it's a card that isn't really going to be talked about depending on the um, the results. If Sasha Banks loses, social media is going to go insane. Bray Wyatt loses, WWE is going to go insane. Drew McIntyre loses, WWE is going to go insane. So, it is what it is. We'll see what happens at TLC. And uh, that's about it for that portion of the topic. Now, I want to get into Big E. I'm going to kind of spend quite a bit on this. Uh, this is going to be a long podcast, okay? I'm going to try to have the podcast be a little bit longer. Obviously, it will be under an hour. Trust me. It will be under an hour. Okay, don't worry. But um, I just want to shoot the shit with this Big E thing. Now, Big E Langston is being built up for the Intercontinental Championship. 
Big E has been on a momentum, sort of. I remember there was a couple weeks ago that he wasn't on TV, and we were all wondering where the fuck is Big E. News came out that WWE just didn't have anything for him, which is really laughable, but they do now, okay? He's going after the Intercontinental Championship. Ultimately, my end with the Intercontinental Championship is Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins. I hope that still happens, but currently, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to go with a backup plan, and I think Biggie's going to roll into WrestleMania as the Intercontinental Champion. I would have Seth Rollins return and have him face Big E at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship if we're not getting Daniel Bryan versus Seth Rollins. I don't give a damn. Seth Rollins needs to go after the Intercontinental Championship heading into WrestleMania. Either he faces Big E, the champion, or the champion, Daniel Bryan. I feel like both of those matches are going to be very, very interesting. And especially for Big E, man, if you can get a... If he can get a big win over Seth Rollins, over an established name, over one of the most popular guys in WWE, that's a big up for Big E, man. I definitely see big things in Big E's future in 2021. Now, speaking of 2021, I see him eventually losing the Intercontinental Championship um, before Money in the Bank. And I got Big E winning Money in the Bank. He's going to lose that title. To somebody, maybe a Rollins, maybe a Bryan, maybe to an Owens. It doesn't matter. I see Big E losing that championship, and I see Big E winning Money in the Bank. He will be officially Mr. Money in the Bank. And I'm going to throw this real just insane prediction out to everybody that's going to be listening to the podcast tomorrow morning. Remember Rob Van Dam in 2006. At WrestleMania 22, one of my favorite Money in the Bank matches in WWE history. Very underrated, in my personal opinion. Rob Van Dam was the fan favorite. Rob Van Dam won Money in the Bank. And I was one of the biggest Rob Van Dam fans around that time. And he cashed in the Money in the Bank face-to-face against John Cena. He didn't do no bullshit, no fucking heel tactic shit. You know what I mean? Running into the into the ring when John Cena's having a segment or when John Cena was having a match. We didn't see that. Nah, man. John Cena came out cutting a promo. Rob Van Dam came out with the briefcase looking at Cena and telling John, listen, I'm letting you know right now I'm cashing in my money in the bank on you. At one night stand. One night stand in 2020, uh, in 2006, I'm sorry, in 2006, is going to go down as one of the best in WWE history, mainly because of the atmosphere from the ECW crowd. I believe that was in Philly, I believe, if I'm correct. Um, so it was a big night there. Rob Van Dam won that, and the crowd went insane, establishing a new name, a fan favorite. Uh, and Rob Van Dam, I feel like Rob Van Dam was the OG before CM Punk and a Daniel Bryan from the perspective of just the fans being invested in this one guy. And Rob Van Dam was that guy. I see Big E doing the same thing. He's going to come out. Uh, this is just me. This is how I would book Big E in 2021. He will pull a Rob Van Dam. He wins money in the bank. He doesn't waste no fucking time. 
He tells Roman Reigns, because there's a pay-per-view before SummerSlam. When you, be, when you beat whoever you beat at that pay-per-view in July, I'll see you at SummerSlam in, in um, August. Because I'm going to cash in my briefcase against you. Have Biggie come out the night after Monday night or the night after uh, the pay-per-view for SmackDown. He comes out. He's the one that opens the show. Calls out Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns comes out. Biggie tells Roman, I'm cashing in my briefcase. And I'll see you at SummerSlam. You tell that story. <laughs> Roman Reigns is going to be like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care who you are. You're not doing that. So on and so forth. Biggie can be built up as that underdog. He goes into SummerSlam and he beats the Tribal Chief and established as the new face of Friday Night SmackDown. That is what I think WWE might do with Biggie. Ultimately, if that was me, I'm not doing that. He ain't in my plans. I'm not doing that shit. Roman Reigns is holding that title all the way to WrestleMania 38. That's just me. Now, if they want to push Biggie, that is the idea that I would do for Biggie. I remember, man, I seen on SmackDown on Talking Smack involving Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman was pretty much telling Biggie, for you to be where you want to be, for you to be the top star in this company, I seen that you were better than Xavier Woods. You were better than Kofi Kingston. You need to shed the New Day shtick. And you need to be your own man. Don't be a follower. Be a leader. And I feel like that promo that Paul Heyman cut on Biggie is going to play a big, a big factor into Biggie's future in 2021, where he will eventually go one on one with Roman Reigns. And I love that Paul Heyman brought up that Kofi Kingston faced off against Roman Reigns, Xavier Woods faced off against Roman Reigns, but you've never been in the ring. You've never been in the presence of the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Obviously, this was before, you know, the tribal chief stuff with Kofi and Xavier, but Biggie really hasn't been in the ring with Roman Reigns one-on-one. So I feel like that was obviously a tease for something heading into 2021 with Biggie. And that's the idea that I would do for Biggie heading into 2021. Him going, winning money in the bank, pulling off a Rob Van Dam, challenging Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. For the Universal Championship. Hopefully Roman Reigns brings in the World Heavyweight Championship. I would I would have brought that championship back a long time ago. Even before Roman Reigns is Tribal Chief shit. I would have brought that title back years ago. But that championship either needs to be brought back. Or you need to bring in the Undisputed Championship. Something needs to be done. You need to get rid of the fucking Universal Championship. It's just the WWE Championship. But color blue. Simple. And I know I am not the only one that has that type of opinion. You might not need to bring in the world championship, but bring in a different championship. That's all I got to say. Personally, me, I would bring back the world title and make it prestigious again. I know people said that, oh, the world title really wasn't that important. Uh, motherfucker, it has a lot of fucking prestige. I believe it has more prestige than the WWE championship. I believe. If not, I think it's close. Okay, they both have prestige. But I believe, personally, that championship needs to be brought back. Because I've been doing, I've been talking to a lot of people, man. And a lot of people that I would talk to, man, they, they would say that they want that world title back. Because it just looks like a championship. When you have it on someone, it looks like that's the real deal. That's the real championship. 
And I feel like that needs to be brought back in 2021. We'll see what happens. Now, <laughs> I want to talk about the WWE Awards before I get the hell out of here, man, before I end the podcast on this Friday. Now, the WWE Awards, man, this is crazy. They're having people go vote for Superstar of the Year, Match of the Year. All right. They have Rivalry of the Year. They have Tag Team of the Year. They have Return of the Year. I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way up to the top. Now, for Return of the Year, here are the nominees. Edge, Roman Reigns, MVP, Goldberg. How about Fuck Goldberg and uh, Sami Zayn? I'm looking at this list. I know what WWE is probably going to do. They're probably going to have Edge win. Now, me personally, I would. You know what? I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't pick Edge because it was a great moment, even though it was speculated that he's going to return at the Royal Rumble. I still feel like when he returned, it was just epic. I, I didn't give a fuck about the rumors at that time. When I seen him come out, when I seen Ulta Bridge play, when I seen the smoke come up, I marked the fuck out. I'm not going to lie. I had a smile on my face. I was so happy to see him. Roman Reigns, I mean, he came back so impactful. So I could definitely see him winning this award as well. Um, but knowing that WWE plays a factor in this, um, I'm going to go with Edge. Uh, personally, for me, I'm going to go with Edge uh, to win return of the year. Now, tag team of the year. The Golden Role Models, a.k.a. Sasha Banks and Bayley. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. The New Day. The Street Profits. And Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. This is obvious, people. The Golden Role Models are going to win this award. Simple as that. Nobody else on this list even comes close to what Sasha Banks and Bayley have been doing this entire year. Now, Rivalry of the Year. The nominees are Seth Rollins versus the Mysterio family, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton, Edge versus Randy Orton, Sasha Banks versus Bayley, R-Truth versus the world. <laughs> really, bro, R-Truth versus the world, bro. Come on, dog. Come on, man. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Come on, bro. So 24-7... R-Truth versus everybody else going out to that championship. No, that's lame. And then Lana versus announce tables. <laughs> Bruh. Okay. I look on here. Wow. Um, I could definitely see Sasha Banks and Bayley win. But me personally, I'm going to go with Edge versus Randy Orton. The story that was told, you guys, was just breathtaking. So easily, Edge and Randy Orton win here for rivalry of the year in 2020. Now, we get to match of the year. The nominees are Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a Boneyard match at WrestleMania 26. Next up, we got the New Day versus the Hurt Business from Monday Night Raw Tag Team Championship match. From Raw, November 16th, 2020. Next up, we got Randy Orton versus Edge at the greatest wrestling match ever at Backlash 2020. Up next, we got the Men's Royal Rumble match 
We have AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental Championship in a tournament in the finals. Next up, we got Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso for the Universal Championship inside Hell in a Cell in an I Quit match. Up next, we got Sasha Banks versus Bayley on SmackDown for the Women's Championship. And that match was inside Hell in a Cell. Second to last, we got AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn versus Jeff Hardy in a ladder match in a triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match. And lastly, we got Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns at Survivor Series 2020. Also forgot to say, this is what I'm saying, man. January, man, this is a long-ass time. I forgot about this match. Last one, Becky Lynch versus Asuka, Royal Rumble 2020. I only see, and I'm being honest, I see one and two. Uh, Yeah, I only see two matches on here that I would personally go with. I would go with Jey Uso and Roman Reigns, Sasha Banks, and Bayley inside Hell in a Cell. I mean, Daniel Bryan and and, uh, AJ Styles is cool. You know, but I, I don't think that was the greatest match in uh, 2020 for WWE. All these matches, I feel like were good besides the New Day and her business. I don't give a fuck about that. Uh, but all the other ones are good. Um, personally, for me, as much as I love Sasha Banks and Bayley, and as much as I love Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, uh, the story that was told in that match, I'm going to go with, uh, and also... Forgot about Becky Lynch and Oscar Royal Rumble 2020. They told a great story. That was a great match. My vote is Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. That was one of my favorite matches of 2020. Not only in WWE, but in professional wrestling in general. And we've seen a lot of good matches in in WWE and in Impact Wrestling and AEW. So some good wrestling matches, even though 2020 was a... Terrible year for the world of professional wrestling. Hopefully 2020, we've seen up in pro wrestling, and I believe we will. Now, we have Superstar of the Year. The nominees are Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, Braun Strowman. (laughs) The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Asuka, Sasha Banks, Bayley. Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair and Braun Strowman are not winning this. I don't give a damn what anyone says. You could be a fan of both of them. There's no way they're winning this. Now, Drew McIntyre, I could see winning because he carried Monday Night Raw on his back along with Randy Orton and also along with Asuka. Now, I feel like this list is hard more than anything. Drew McIntyre can win it. Roman Reigns can win it. Randy Orton can win it. Asuka can win it. Sasha Banks can win it as well. But I'm going to go with somebody that not a lot of people are probably going to go with. And that has to do with Bailey. I see Bailey winning this. If it was me, I would have Bailey win. Bailey has been absolutely one of the hottest things in not only WWE, but in pro wrestling. 
Now that's Roman Reigns. But Bailey is still up there. Bailey, for me, was must-see. Bailey and her matches was must-see. I'm going with Bailey for Superstar of the Year. And that is it for the little awards. Um, I don't know when they're going to announce the awards. I don't really care. Maybe they announced them on Monday Night Raw for that portion. And then on SmackDown, you know what I mean? We'll hear the portion for the blue brand as well. Now, before I go, I want to say something real quick. And that has to do with um, just 2021 and pro wrestling. Pro wrestling has the potential to be a quote-unquote rebirth year for pro wrestling. We got Impact Wrestling partnering up with AEW. Uh, Triple H coming out a couple weeks ago saying that he doesn't mind partnering up with companies. Okay, Triple H, I don't mind you saying that, okay? I know you feel that way. I know you wouldn't mind that, but at the same time, you're saying that because, well, as long as it benefits you and the company, you'll do it. You don't care about other companies that it'll benefit with. So I kind of had a problem with what Triple H said in regards to that. And I also want to make something clear. I seen what Jim Ross had to say in regards to how he was complaining about the AEW uh, wrestlers in the high spots, the suicide dives, the sitting around waiting for someone to land their move on them. And I said this many times on Twitter. I'm going to say it here on the podcast. I fucking hate. I hate with a passion when I see someone go on the top rope and the opponents are on the ground or they're just they're standing up, but they're looking up at somebody that's going to, you know, tumble on the ground. Come on, dude. That is stupid. We see a lot of that in AEW and I'm fucking sick of it. I'm tired of it. I love that Jim Ross came out. And called out these wrestlers. Now, I'm not saying that they deserve to be called out. I'm not saying that out at all. But I am saying someone needed to say something in regards to that. Because AEW, and it's mainly in AEW though. WWE does this too. But I feel like I see it a little bit more in AEW. You do a plancha. Before the plancha is connected, someone is just standing there waiting for the plancha. You go to the top rope, someone does a crossbody, you're just looking up and waiting for the person to come and hit you with the crossbody. Now, that is fucking annoying, the suicide dive, same shit. But I want to talk about, specifically about the super kicks, the stunners, the frog splashes. Those moves, (laughs) the crazy thing, man, and it's fucked up, it really is fucked up. Those moves used to be finishers. Eddie Grow, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold. I'm sorry, I kind of blanked for a second. But those three guys had the frog splash, Sweet Chin Music, the Stunner. Those were finishers. Nowadays, those are just regular fucking moves that will be built up leading into the finish of their finisher. Dude, come on, bro. Like, that is stupid. That's fucking stupid. Kevin Owens. You doing the stunner looks fucking ridiculous. I know Stone Cold gave you that move, but come on. It looks ridiculous. It doesn't look the same when someone else is doing it 
outside of Stone Cold Steve Austin. The super kick is long gone. The super kick is long gone. Everybody does the fucking super kick. The DDT, same thing. The DDT is gone. Long gone. Same with a power bomb. I remember when Batista would do a Batista bomb. It's over. You feel me? But everybody else does a power bomb now. So it's just a typical fucking move. And that shouldn't be the case. You see a move like a Spanish fly. The Spanish fly should be a match ender. You know what I mean? How about the um, paradigm shift with uh, John Moxley, a DDT? A DDT needs to be a, a finisher that ends a match. It doesn't do that anymore. You have Randy Orton doing an apron DDT. He does it, and that's it. Nothing happens. He kicks out. You know what I mean? So I feel like these wrestling moves, man, need to be a finish. And wrestling, these moves, man, are joke. They look cool. You know what I mean? I'm more into the strong style type of combinations of Aleister Black because I just was recently watching Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy from uh, TLC last year. They had a great match and a sequence where Aleister Black was doing knee strikes, elbow strikes, palm strikes, jumping knee strike to Aleister Black, and it was cool. Buddy Murphy was doing the same thing. Those, I like those. Those are really cool. You know what I mean? Especially the way they sell them. You know what I mean? So that's cool. But like I said, these finishers, like the end of days is protected. The RKO is protected. The F5 is protected. I feel like those are the only finishers in pro wrestling that are protected. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. The um, uh, Kazusko Okada's uh, clothesline finisher, Rainmaker, that's protected as well. So those are the only finishers I feel like in pro wrestling that are protected. Everybody else's finisher. I mean, you got the bitter end. It's somewhat protected. Um. I can't really name any other finishers, but I feel like those finishers immediately popped up in my head. And, you know what I mean? They uh, they came to mind. I feel like those are the only finishers that are protected in pro wrestling. And we need to get back to selling, really. Because I feel like a lot of these wrestlers, man, especially in AEW, I feel like AEW really needs to have an NXT. They got to have an NXT system. Because some of these wrestlers, man, I love the Lucha Bros. I love the other guys. But they don't sell. They don't sell. And they do kind of a poor job of doing so. The story, man. I feel like AEW. They don't really do a lot of story. I feel like the only person that does story is Cody. That's it. Everybody else, I feel like they don't really tell. Each- I mean, John Moxley. So John Moxley and Cody, are, are, I feel like, are the only guys that do and tell stories great. WWE, they're legends at telling stories. I mean, look at the Hell in a Cell match with Jey Uso and Roman Reigns. That's story in effect. You know what I mean? I said it before, you could have a classic all you want, it's great. But if there's a story and it wasn't told inside the ring, but you still had a classic, I'll give you props, but at the end of the day, I'm kind of, kind of let it go. You know what I mean? Like you had a great match, but there wasn't a great story that was told. That's just my opinion. But at the end of the day, you guys, these are some good topics. I love talking about these, man. And I'll see you guys. You know what I mean? On Saturday and on Sunday for TLC. Hopefully TLC is a good pay-per-view. Uh, we got SmackDown tomorrow. I'll tune in. Obviously, I will not be covering it um, because you guys will be getting hot topics here. And then Saturday will be me pretty much coming up here and shooting the shit in regards to how I would fix the ratings for mainly Monday Night Raw. 
I might talk about SmackDown as well and how I would fix that. And I love that WWE is under the microscope now. WWE's been under the microscope in regards to people finally coming out and sick of their bullshit, sick of the ratings. USA Network needs to speak up. They got to come out and say something. But we all know that ain't going to happen. But what do I know, man? This is the Creative King. I'm signing off on the podcast. Y'all take care. Shots no 38. Yeah, I got the Glock in my robbery. 17 shots no 38. Yeah, she's fine. Wondering where she be mine. Walk past, I press rewind. See that ass one.